Chipper. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. A mood hung in the camp, a tension that had wound everyone tight. Rand was free now, and temporary alliances were just that, after all. Temporary. Ooh. Ominous. There was some very ominous. There was some, like, good stuff, despite a lot of a heavy start, we'll say. <laughs> we'll get yeah, there. You can um, say that. <laughs> this is our, our first uh, foray into the Crown of Swords. So we are rereading the books in honor of the TV show adaptations release, talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments <laughs> and digging into all things Wheel of Time. And today we are starting a Crown of Swords, reading the prologue through chapter two. The longest, pro- I mean, it's actually probably not the longest prologue ever, but it's a very long one. It felt... It didn't feel the the longest, I think, m- the longest feeling one might be the last book or it might be the man called Boars. Yeah. Yeah. The man but, called Boars was pretty I rough. I think that's right. I think that's that right. was a rough one. Yeah. This one, this one didn't. I, okay. Let's do our pre-discussion before we actually start talking. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, we do (laughs) have, because we we do have some pre-discussion. So first- We have some pre-discussion notes. So first and foremost, we're really not going to talk about Halima very much on here because it's not, it's bad. Um, But I just want to give a link to a uh, piece from Tor.com um, by the very thoughtful and excellent Silas K. Barrett that has some uh, discussion of the last part of Lord of Chaos, including Halima and representations of transness and why it's not great. Um, and then I just want to shout out the Discord for a very thoughtful and interesting conversation on what like, yeah. queerness and transness could look like in the Wheel of Time, like not done the crappy way. and like, Not what- done through Jordan's like stereotyped very weird like misinterpretive way of doing that um so because it's really not a representation of transness in in any meaningful way i don't and i don't think we'll want to read it as no we definitely don't want to read it that way so but there is some really interesting stuff in the discord and again i'm leaving you a link for the show notes on some other takes on why it's not not great bob uh and that will be the end of that okay (laughs) So, Prithi, do you want to talk about why we're doing this next one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the second the second pre-discussion note is, so the version of this book that I have, which I re-bought these books, because I don't know where my old copies are, obviously, through a thrift, like a thrift store um, or through like a used bookstore. And so the version I have is the mass market that doesn't have the big illustration. It's like the maroon one with the big gold letters. Mm-hmm. And at the top is a New York Times quote. That struck me because it says Robert Jordan has come to dominate the world. Tolkien began to reveal, which feels just like a bananas level quote to get for a series seven books in. And so I was like, well, I really want to know, like I I mentioned it to Jen and we both had a little bit of a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were like, well, who wrote it? Like what, what article was this? Can we find it? And then Jen found it. We did. It's an article from the New York Times um, that came out December 1996 by Edward Rothstein. 
And then do you want to sort of like summarize it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did not read it closely. Let me confess. Like we just discovered this in the last five minutes, but it's an yes. essay. It's not a straight review. It's an essay called Flaming Swords and Wizards Orbs. And it is basically, I, his thesis appears to be that every epic fantasy since Lord of the Rings is just recapitulating Lord of the Rings. And the piece of it that cracks me up is that the same paragraph that has the pull quote, and this is like, if you don't know how publishing works, this is super normal to like only yes. pick the section of a review or a blurb that like sounds like it could be 100% positive and like paste that on the cover or wherever and sometimes the rest of it is positive but sometimes it's not and in this case the paragraph that that sentence appears in starts with but now there really may be an air of sorts to Tolkien in attention earned if not achievement Robert Jordan why a burn like, like burn damn burn edward rothstein who appears to be like he was a cultural critic is that right you, yeah so you know, we looked, yeah we looked him up on wiki and he's mostly known as the cultural critic and according to wikipedia far more known for his critiques of either music or museums which i found to be interesting but but it does make sense i guess in the context of like looking at fantasy with an historical eye right specifically regards to tolkien though i disagree yes with, with his the thesis with the thesis of all like this idea of epic fantasy all being derivative of Tolkien even I don't think Robert Jordan should be considered a quote heir of Tolkien they are such vastly different books yeah yeah right it like, just misses all of the like it just it it's it's lumping epic fantasy all into the same category with no regard for like the morality of a world mm -hmm. or like the kind of world that it is like it's mm -hmm. just it just misses all of the actual like nuance which is you know not uncommon like people like to do this with romance whereas like yes. we know that like romance is not one thing like in the same way that epic fantasy is not a monolith like no genre is a monolith there's lots of different kinds of things inside so but I think you know for like oh it has a lot of maps like it's very long there's magic like it's all the there's same a journey. right there's a journey and not this is not to say that there wasn't a lot of tolkien like recapitulations in epic 100%. fantasy there absolutely were but I, it, I that would be like saying that like game of thrones is a tolkien ripoff or like a recapitulation which it's not it's just they're not. influenced by of something course. that is a seminal piece of fantastical yes. work right right but the but similarity, all the same. <laughs> right. The similarities are like, it's the hero myth. It's like all yeah. these different like pieces of mythologies. And and yeah, it was just interesting. It, it sent us down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Right. It's just that it's wild to me. Like there's, there's other bits in here as I look at it that are like, he just completely has decided that there's only one epic fantasy universe. Because there's this other sentence here that says the Jordan books are indicative of how the Tolkien inspired universe has changed since the 1940s. Like there's there's only one fantasy universe. <laughs> what? Like what? it's it's just a wild premise when we know one. First of all, Tolkien's a very specific mm. kind of post-war European fantasy. Yes, that is hugely representative of its time and the context in which it was written right 
And it's it's wild, too, because he goes on to talk about, like, Guy Gavriel Kay and, like, Orson Scott Card in the context of Tolkien and Robert Jordan. And you're just like, okay, but, like, all of these things are not the same. <laughs> these are not all. And the they're same. not. Marion Zimmer Bradley's in here. Arthur C. Clarke is, like, quoted. Like, it's just a very, like, kind of academic nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. About, it's, it's taking influence and making it. It's it's treating influence as derivative yeah or as right? creating derivatives rather or than creating just derivative like, excuse yeah, me. Right. yeah as as it's like it using them in exchange like using yeah. the words in, in exchange mm-hmm. it, he, yeah it does point out differences in their writing like he talks about like how tolkien stuff is like very much about language and jordan's stuff is Dry. more about narrative <laughs> but like I just can't even it's 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 a it's a kind of fascinating I'll leave a link in the show notes I tried to use the gift this article link so that I don't know how many people are allowed to see that but I'm gonna put it in the show notes you we'll can see what happens you want. <laughs> yeah thanks New York Times. <laughs> I pay you every month for a lot of things um so yeah that's just interesting that's just interesting it is it's very interesting 1996 like, fantasy cultural criticism like what I know <laughs> what even edward rothstein that's another that's another t-shirt for this show what even edward rothstein (laughs) amazing oh i love it okay well those are our (laughs) pre-discussions bits and now we can we can get to the actual reading which i don't i mean we say this every time but i genuinely (laughs) genuinely don't know how long this episode's gonna be because it's it was we will read more next time because of the difference in font size and margins i think we ended up reading less than we usually do but we're Um, capable of talking forever about anything that's a fair point (laughs) (laughs) all right so the prologue is like somebody referred to it on the discord as like let's catch up with all of our villains which is basically what's happening here like it's just a whole slate of villain povs some of them very long like this is a later one goes on forever Um, and it's like and the thing is is that the interesting points then you're like freaking finally (laughs) because you spend pages and pages just hammering me over the head with who she is yeah and like we get it right we get it so, i know okay. i know yep. so we open and it's i also want to talk about timeline because i am mm. also irritated about the yeah, timeline choices it goes backwards a little bit it goes backwards to prior to the end of book six where yes. we know what happens with galena and we mm-hmm. know how all of this ends so like Aleda seems extra annoying and extra <laughs> like just clueless and yeah extra clueless extra like bad at her job yeah everybody's (laughs) so bad at their job though oh my gosh um okay so we open Aleda's like in her new rooms at the tower where she gets to like look over she just wants the tallest tower in the world (laughs) yeah so she's building an Amerlin seat castle that's gonna be taller than the white tower is which is like it's basically impossible absurd it's, it's like, ridiculous she is in this section comes off as like biff in back to the future too <laughs> like it's i um, who somebody, is <laughs> somebody compared her to lucille bluth and i was like that's a great comparison except i would the worst worse than yeah, lucille worse bluth. Than Luc- the thing is and i'm i don't want to reference the name because i don't want 
I just don't want to say it, but she, she is the kind of person that we have seen in real ah, life that yes. has a gross impact on our country. I can't imagine who you might be who, talking about, Brady. Written into a book mm. with those same characteristics is absurdly and cartoonishly evil to the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But now I'm like, well, you are <laughs> a real person after realistic. all. It's still ridiculous. Like, even if it's a realistic portrayal of this kind of person who we know exists in the world, like, it's still. But, like, prior to this, you're like, it's cartoonish. This yes. Is, that's no right. one acts like this. No right. one is this. But, okay, fine. Okay. Someone well, is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's, like, thinking about she wants this giant castle so that you know if kings and queens can have a palace blah 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 she's like it was really when she thought about the ogier because the ogier refused to come build mm-hmm. this castle she was relying on like men <laughs> um and she thinks the ogier ogier were a triviality and i was mm-hmm. like go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> how dare you how dare you <laughs> that's really funny yeah it's and then we get like these elaborate descriptions of her sitting room and her clock this freaking clock i who cares about this well i did love the line where something that i think if it was done in smaller measure like if he had limited himself where it wasn't (laughs) like pages and pages and pages of this but if we had gotten like a page and a half that could have been really cutting Mm. this idea that she took this clock out that everyone else there's a line where it's like people were embarrassed by it yes an embarrassment no one dared display (laughs) but she brought it back i think is so such a good little tidbit about her she's trying to make fetch happen (laughs) right it could have worked great on its own outside of the context of like pages and pages and pages and pages because it is it's really good it's like a really delicious sort of like evil character moment Mm. of like the description of this ridiculous clock the idea that she is the one who understands its greatness but acknowledging (laughs) like that it is an embarrassment Mm. layers (laughs) (sighs) so yeah so once we get through all of the description of her ridiculousness and her surroundings we find out that she got a message from carrion 12 days ago by pigeon and it's a message from galena this like cryptic you know the ring has been placed in the bull's nose i expect a pleasant journey to mark oh my god (laughs) secret codes um (laughs) so and it basically tells her like randall there's been captured nobody suspects like it's all gonna be great and she's like oh yeah in another week or two you know he'll be here in the tower and she's like plotting her you know her success and we know if we remember the end of the last book that like 13 days is how long Rand was captured. Um, So we know that this is the day before Dumais Wells. I'm like rolling my eyes. I know. I know. Because I hate it. It's so unnecessary. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I don't know what this does for us. I don't know why he didn't put this in the last book. I don't understand why it's part of the prologue to this book. Well, there's actually, there's a bit, part of chapter one, I have the same question about, per, to be okay. perfectly honest. And I, I, now that you say it, I don't disagree. Like, this could have been the chapter before the last chapter in the last yeah. book. I don't right? understand why it's a prologue. Why is it here? So then LVRN comes in and interrupts her gloating. And LVRN is like a real problem for Elena because she relies on her to get things done. And that means that she, you know, has to like be 
somewhat open and amenable to her which she just like wants everybody to do her bidding all the time forever so she's not enjoying again that. i feel like this bit feels better in context of the alvieran bit yeah like i i just i it doesn't the, the structure of this prologue yeah. makes little to no sense yep like in my head other than the idea that he didn't he didn't want to include the alvieran bit in the last book because it does tip their hand towards some stuff hmm but we already know she's black aja we know she's black aja but we and we knew that what's her name yeah masana's in the tower in the tower that was revealed last book that was revealed last book never mind i don't know so i, I don't, don't know yeah no you're I right don't i don't understand it so yeah so we hear a lot about like how she has trouble getting the decrees she wants it's like politics we elena does petty politics. petty politics yeah, petty yeah politics. and it's Alvierin is not like clearly like not really working with her, but mm -hmm. just undermining her, but just enough that Aleda can't really call her on it because she doesn't feel confident in the support yeah. that she does have. Right. So she's like Aleda's taking she what she acknowledges is petty. She's like making her wait and like ignoring mm -hmm. her. And and then Alvierin is like doling out information in a way that deliberately makes Alayda look stupid which is kind of enjoyable actually it's funny <laughs> it's funny even though obviously we hate Alvaren I hate Alayda more man <laughs> <laughs> what's worse somebody pretending to be good despite or like thinking they're good someone or someone mm. who is like actively aware of their own like I think Alayda's actually the more dangerous of the two in terms of like yeah the kind of person you are someone who believes in their own goodness i think mm -hmm. is probably more dangerous and like actively doing harm is more dangerous dangerous because they'd be willing to go further i think than someone who is working out of their own self-interest mm -hmm. yeah so the first piece of news we have is that you know, they've discovered Alvierin has had word that Elaine and Nynaeve are in the Ibujar, which like Elena at first refuses to believe because she apparently, I don't know, whatever. She just doesn't want to believe it. Question mark. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's just like, whatever. Yeah. It's and weird. then and then and so like Alvierin like lets her like disagree with her repeatedly and then uh, brings out a sketch that like proves that that's where they are. Side note, <clears throat> this is actually interesting. There's so much of this. The only good bits of this, as far as I was concerned, were this foretelling stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So the foretelling stuff was great. It's really good. So first, like, so so Aleda's like, fine, they're in Ibudar, like, bring them to me. And then she's thinking about, you know, how, um, first of all, that she's heard rumors that Morgay is, is with the White Cloaks, which she dismisses because mm -hmm. that's ridiculous because it is ridiculous. Because it is ridiculous. Uh, and then we get this part where it says it was yeah. not widely known what made Elaine more important than any other noble with a strong claim to the throne, aside from the fact that she would be an Aes Sedai one day. This is like a big, important new piece of information. Yes! Aleda foretold that the Royal House of Andor held the key to winning the last battle what? like that's a pretty big deal pretty big deal pretty big deal i will say there's a lot about like prophecy and foretelling mm. in this section which has all the trappings of like pretty standard like 
you don't you shouldn't just assume yes. you know what a prophecy means right well this is this was exactly the note that i had because like the royal house of andor could be any could of be it could anyone. be morgan's it could be gowan it could be gallant it could be rand because we know that now like it could be elaine like it could be any of it them. it could be any of them but so she's like oh no it's definitely elaine i will attach myself to her <laughs> what's what? so weird <laughs> uh so that was interesting and then it was. let's see what happens then we get a little bit about the use of fork root which we've right. not thought about in a while so like yeah. that's that like tea but the context of it is that everyone is uncomfortable with it because this idea that like fork root seems specifically targeting Aes Sedai because of the way it deadens the ability to power Mm -hmm. and that's why it makes everyone uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like two things this prologue does is give dangerous like remind us about dangerous dangerous like opportunities for this side Mm -hmm. I think between the Mm -hmm. fork root and what happens in all the air in section right 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 so then they go on to the Ashaman um where oh go ahead. wait so we have this moment um after the fork root and then like I'm just like angry um very quickly there's this line where like Aleda thinks the shepherd was on his way to her and we know there are all these like connections between christian sort of like met- metaphor I thank you. Iconography, like language, mm, whatever. And iconography. Iconography and Rand. But I sort of like I like kind of what Robert Jordan's doing here because I'm a person who like really loves and lo- like spent a lot of time when I was a kid for whatever reason reading religious fiction. Like I read The Last Temptation of Christ like seven times. <laughs> Amazing. When I was like 16, like from the time I was like 16, like, I don't know. We'll have I to was... examine that another day. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting, the humanizing of deities and the humanizing of like people with power. And I think that's something Robert Jordan does really, really well mm. in the series. Because it's not just like human and evil, like mm-hmm. people, humans who have too much power become evil. It's what does it what does it do to somebody who becomes extraordinary who was ordinary and has right. these possibilities and it it puts rand in a light that i think is fascinating i didn't okay. get all of that out of the shepherd was on his way i was like yeah <laughs> just, he's a sheep herder like that it just like made me think of it it just made me think of it you're funny um your is an amazing place okay so then we go on then you're not wrong about any of it i just that's not where i went with that but it's cool um so yeah so then we go on to the ashaman and again like alviarin is like so there are these reports like there's probably a lot and and elena's just like no that's ridiculous like it's really just, just refusing be, to right? yeah it's refusing to accept potential realities that she disagrees with which as you pointed out we see over and over and over again constantly in just real constantly. life like a hundred percent i did love the like way she was like i want those men rooted <laughs> out because it made me think of crazy ex-girlfriend when <laughs> donna is like she finds like an empty ice tray or something and she comes because she wanted like ice for her drink or something she comes out and she's so angry she's like holding it and she's like what man <laughs> did this? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that's that, that's Alita. 
She is so true. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Right. So Elena is like gonna send fifty sisters with some sisters. warders out with, to take well, down with this the woman, entire Black Tower. Yes, but it's specifically with this woman, Tovine. Sure. Who is like been Tovine? G- I almost said guzzle, which is like an Indian mm. <laughs> classical music term for a right. song. Um, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, but <laughs> she is in, uh, she'd been away. We get a lot of actually in this section too, of how Aleda is trying to work various sisters who have been mm-hmm. away from the tower for a long, long time. So Tovin mm-hmm. is one of them, but unlike these other sisters, Tovin has become harder <laughs> in her solitary exile. And I was like, terrifying. I- do not want to meet you. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. So, oh, and then and we I- get some tame stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Alviarin is arguing with her about the numbers. And then also it's like, and you know that people are saying Majorum Tame is there. And Aleda is like, the name that shall not be spoken. Like, she's <laughs> so angry about it. Um and just refusing to believe it. Like, she's like, he's dead. And also, how can he be in Camelin without Davern Bashir, like, trying to kill him? Like, there's no way that's happening. And and then we get this weird yeah, so interesting, right? About the number yes. of men who can channel who have been found and still gentled by the Reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's, like, um, just... Because basically, she's like, how could there be, like, hundreds of men channeling? We have found 24 in the last 20 years. Um, And that's that. And then Alviren says 24 is a dangerous number to speak out loud. As Mm -hmm. dangerous as 2000s. The Chronicles record only 16. So clearly there were eight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was very good <laughs> we are both so bad at math <laughs> yeah eight men who Ooh. were off the record found and gentled yeah. and what I my note here basically is that like this is proof that there has been illegal gentling going yes. on a hundred percent and so um I was thinking about, do you remember, I mean, do you remember, remember the opening scene of the show where we oh, have yes. yeah, 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 yeah. like hunting and yes. they gentle him like right then and there. And that's like against tower pro- or there's like some situation where it's made clear that the reds have not been following. Pro- Maybe it's yes. a conversation Moiraine has. I can't remember, but there's like it's something like that. Yeah. There's some, there's a very direct like reference to that in the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if this is like what they're picking up on Um, this, like, you know? Yeah. This- and that could lend credence to our, thoughts from for a million years ago that they're creating an amalgamation between Leander yes. and Alita. Yeah. Although totally how that works true. with like the Black Aja stuff, I, I don't right. know. Hard to say. Because one is and one isn't, but right. we'll see. They maybe I mean, not. Alita might as well be to be perfect. I know, right? Honest. Um, And Alita's like, whatever, I can say whatever I want. Like, it's fine. Well, this is going to be a parallel to what happens with freaking Savannah. Mm-hmm. God, who cares? Oh later, God. because she and <laughs> She and Aleda basically are Robert Jordan being like, ambition is fine, but it's the hubris that's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) 
so they're true. Both, like both of them are the yeah. same because she's like Elena has all of this like I am tower law I mm-hmm. get to decide if they see the men they should just gentle them mm-hmm. even though that's against tower law but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter yeah Yep. So, and then we move on to uh, Alviern being like, well, side note, like the rebels are marching on the tower and, and they've also- elected an Amaralyn. <laughs> and it's Egwene. <laughs> and then Elena starts laughing. Right. I did kind of love this section. Because it actually makes sense. Yeah. She makes a very astute observation. Yeah. If, if you are also as like, uh, narrow vision as she is about yes. everything else that's going on about like w- willfully disregarding other information mm-hmm. um because she says that like it's clear that they don't think they're going to succeed because if they actually thought they were going to they would have elected an Amerlin who like is a woman of power like Shariam or Lelaine or Carlinia who we saw and yeah. not some accepted because they know that a false Amerlin gets stilled mm-hmm. and none of them want to be that person, which is like actually not a bad point. Extremely smart. Like yeah. actually a very, very good reading. This is what I mean. If he had pulled back yes. on all the other nonsense, mm-hmm. this could have been a really strong Aleda as villain section. Right. Totally. And like, there is this whole, I skipped a little bit. There's a, like a conversation about the numbers that Gareth Brynn has. And then there's all these references to like Aleda's secret plan. Oh my God. And it's I'm just like, like, can we stop with the secret plan? Stop with the secret plans. <laughs> I hate and, it. And there's this weird combo reference thing where like Alviarin is like, okay, but like Gareth Bryan has an army. And she's like, that's, Elena says that's nonsense. And then she's thinking next Alviarin would be spouting the Sancho woman's nonsense about the Forsaken being loose. Of course, she did not know the secret, but just the same. And I'm like, what does the one have to do with the other here? I don't know. Because we do know that there was a Forsaken in with the rebels, but there's no way Elena knows that. How would Elena know that? How would Elena know that? So no. like, what the hell does, I'm like very confused about how all of these things. I don't know. It's one of those like, ho, 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 ho kind ho, of moments ho, that I yeah. just like read. It's like when I'm reading like a comic book event series and I'm right. not reading every comic and they're like, and then this thing happened. They're like, <laughs> look at this issue. And I'm like, right. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to move ahead with the assumption that a thing is happening All or right. did happen and whatever. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, because then we get to a really interesting point where she actually foretells. Yes. Um, Getting there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, this is very cool, right? Yes, Where it was very cool. She is sort of like, I'm going to break the rebels. I'm going to do all of these things. And then she has this foretelling, the White Tower will be whole again, except for remnants cast out and scorned, whole and stronger than ever. Rand Althor will face the Amarlin seat and know her anger. The Black Tower will be rent in blood and fire and sisters will walk its grounds. This I foretell. Chills chills but also immediately being like do not make any assumptions about this do not make any decisions based off this Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's still pretty vague and could be referring to anyone and everything yes exactly like like yeah Rand and Egwene are gonna have a fight like that probably is gonna happen yeah like that's never happened before definitely gonna happen (laughs) he already knows her anger exactly (laughs) 
It is really interesting though, um, because mm-hmm. it does obviously Robert Jordan is like setting us up for like, okay, the White Tower is going to be whole again, whole quote unquote, one way or the other. So like one of these two sides is going to is going to win. The other yeah, is going to But God win. knows when that's going to happen. And like something horrible is going to happen with the Black Tower, which like surprise, like that's that was always coming. I mean, whew, based on what we whew. see later on, Seriously. I am extremely anxious about it. Um, yeah. This does, this is the first point where like, Alvierin is kind of thrown yes by what's happened mm-hmm. um and then she try and and uh Alayda's sort of like who okay got her <laughs> <laughs> like okay yeah and then this section ends with like Alayda being like the kid the chronicles will mention the dragon reborn but Alayda will be this the is hero, what, yes the this is the hubris saved humankind like my, like, my margin note is barf oh my like, god mine is LMAO sure Jan <laughs> <laughs> But this is literally the exact thing that Savannah thinks. Like it's it's you're right. Cause then it's the same paragraph. It goes right into Savannah's section. I didn't Mm -hmm. spot it, but you're right. They're basically the same person. It's literally the same section. It's her like plotting. And again, timeline. We're back before the battle. So we're seeing the battle from the Shido's perspective. And (sighs) but like Savannah's perspective, which is like, oh, why? I mean, I guess there was like some tidbits of information. Not that much though. Like really, it's stuff we knew, which they killed that wise one. Right. Well, at least now I know why. Now we know why. It's to convince them that they have to turn on the Aes Sedai. Right. Like they're faking like the Aes Sedai killed her because this person was killed with the power and so um, and it's the most i think we've been in like this is the most we know about savannah but basically like aleda she is extremely ambitious Mm -hmm. she she unlike unlike aleda she thinks the best way to get power is to be adjacent to powerful people right and so her whole plan is to like make babies with brand. Like that's it. That is the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. I still don't understand why there's a sentence in here where she says, um, she's like thinking about what the wise ones are claiming and stories. And she, she says she herself had never made the two journeys to Ruidy and required to become a wise one, but the others had accepted her. However, reluctant some had been. Why though? Why had that? Like, do we ever know that? Like why? No. Why are no any of the wise ones letting her do this without her having been to Relidian? It's like honestly such a strong requirement. Yeah, I don't know. I it mean, the sense. the other like that's the other parallel between her and Aleda, right? Is the tearing down of tradition for her yes. own selfish gains, right? And so, but I understand of- more how Aleda gets where she is than how Savannah. Yes, has Savannah, there. it's very like don't look at this page too hard, right. like don't. <laughs> don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain sort of situation yeah because it's a lot he's he's trying to do a lot in Mm. this prologue to set her up as just as important a villain as Aleda which is nonsense which is nonsense because she's largely been absent barring Mm -hmm. like just the Shido keep existing and being annoying to Rand (laughs) like that has been their purpose yeah the entire time yeah 
And so now we just like, oh, actually, it's all because Savannah's manipulative and wants to be the most powerful. Like, right. Okay. And she is like the one giving the orders for the battle plan, which is obviously ridiculous. Like she is the one telling, you know, yeah. the wise ones what to do to attack. Um, like, people are listening to her for unknowable reasons. Literally everything about the Shido is the most ridiculous. It's it's more ridiculous than Aleda. Yeah. Because they have ridiculous numbers. Yeah, Savannah has ridiculous ma- like levels of power over yeah. these people through just what she's really hot. Like, right? I it don't... doesn't. No, it's not. She's not even like well spoken. She's not convincing. No. like what? There's like, nothing. Like Aleda she doesn't get like a, a good speech. Right, and Alita like has a power. Like she foretells yes. shit. Like that's there, and she has like been alongside. I mean, she was an advisor to the Queen of Andor. Like she has. Mm-hmm. There's reasons why she is powerful. Savannah, it does feel very much where he was like, oh, this has to be a villain. Just as much a villain for the purposes of, I assume, what is either coming in this book or the next one. Yes, yes. Yeah, with this cube that has to be uh, reckoned with. She has a cube. Really hoping that she would die oh, at the <laughs> end of this because literally, like, it's so long and it's, it's so just, long. Like, it can be like all she wants is power and what she's done in order to get it. That's it. Right. And what she has done is attached herself to the Shido leaders mm-hmm. and then manipulated her way into becoming. A wise one, I guess. Yeah. And like, like basically functionally a clan chief, even though like that's not done either. And she's like ready to toss out traditions and people are going with it for question mark reasons. For reasons. Like it doesn't like we know then, why we we saw such a strong response to Rand changing traditions. And he yes. literally went to Ruidian, has yes. the dragon, like there's he like fits the prophecies, whereas Savannah's just doing it. And they're letting her? Yeah. Question I mean, I think some of it can be tied, which I don't think he does a good job of doing in this section, but some of it can be tied back to that fear because we know mm-hmm. that the Isle have, re- like, a lot of the Isle have reacted very poorly sure. to Rand's breaking of tradition and yes. to Rand telling them the supposed truth about right. their history, which right. Savannah references. Yeah, she Because does. she also thinks, like, she didn't believe it, but now she's mm-hmm. beginning to yeah. based on how the wise ones act. And right. so I think you can tie some of it back to that. Sure, like fear of change, and she's theoretically representing, like, the rejection of change, except that she's also changing But things. no, 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 no. I don't think she represents the rejection of change. I think she actually represents... A, a necessary change from someone they consider to be one of their own. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. That's how I think. But he's not that's, doing a good job but he's, of that. He's not doing a good no. job of it. And also, because I think he's so busy making her the parallel to Aleda right. that he doesn't have time to make her that right. like, as explicitly. Because literally we get Savannah of the Jumai Shido would be a name remembered forever. Yeah. <laughs> it is the same sentence That's that Aleda just thought. And so for them, it's like Aleda and Savannah are just hubris versus ambition. Like, that's it. That's yeah. why they are bad guys. Like, that's what it boils down to, which is absurd. Yeah. But that's what he decided to do. Do we need to talk about the entire battle from her perspective? No, like, I, I think like it's boring. It is boring. We so, know what happens. Right, like, we know she what happens. It's basically, she's like, oh God, we're winning. Because like her plan is very simple. 
her reasoning, her her wants are very simple. Mm-hmm. Like there's no depth here. No, no. There no. could have been if he yes. had leaned into that route of right. like acceptable change versus mm-hmm. revolutionary change. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, so basically she runs away. She's got this stone. She said she was gonna throw it out, but she didn't. Um, so she still has decided like she's gonna She's I was somehow really gonna hoping win. she'd die. Like I was just like, God, let her die. Let her be here just so we didn't see Kooladine die. Maybe we get to watch her die. No, nope, nope. we don't. So then <sighs> we're back to Alviarin in the White Tower, who is like trying to play it cool, but is very stressed out. Extremely stressed out. Uh, also thinking she's thinking about Aleda and she had this line like a woman of many layers Aleda I was like oh <laughs> I really, really I really love this line um or is this, this like pair of lines where she says anyone who knew her saw her intelligence <laughs> but only after a time did you realize that for all her brains she saw what she wanted to see would try to make true what she wanted to be true of the two indisputably frightening things about her the lesser was that she so often succeeded no it made me laugh too because i circled anyone who saw her saw her intelligence and just put like question explanation (laughs) you're like wait really seems we haven't seen that (laughs) we have not seen that intelligence her her, 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 her. Um, I mean, I guess she did like make the good point about them electing a queen, Emerlin, but that's like literally the only thoughtful thing she said. We're in, in like, book 14 seven. books. Yeah, exactly. Seven books. One halfway One decent point, <laughs> point pulled through her very limited understanding of the world. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. And then the other scary thing about her is the foretelling. Yes. Um, and so, obviously, Alvierin is thinking about that. And then she's like, okay, well, you know, I'm supposed to, like, do her orders, but, like, which ones are decided? I don't get to decide, and neither does Aleda. And that's when... Masana. Sh- well, Masana. also, we should mention that Alvierin is considering whether or not she needs to kill Aleda. Oh, yes. That's which right. is... Which would be great, as far as I'm concerned. Which would be amazing, <laughs> while Aleda is considering whether or not she needs to kill Alvierin. <laughs> it's, like, all ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And we had a little bit of the way Aleda thought about Suen and the way Alvierin thinks about Leanne. Oh, that's true. Because Alvierin is in Leanne's quarters and hasn't mm-hmm. really changed it. Like, everything is... um the Domani stuff uh and just again but it's a little hard because we know none of this is true right right where she's like you know she's just cut off from the one power forever nope nope incorrect assumption yeah i don't know why he includes that stuff i get like it just functions to make them look even stupider and me to take them less seriously which seems like counterproductive yeah exactly so okay then we get to masana Right. So this woman who's like cloaked in shadow and light and whose voice is like crystal chimes. That uh, is, is not is is not Lanfear. <laughs> no, not Lanfear. No, definitely. Definitely not Lanfear. Um, who Alviarin has met. We get this history of Alviarin, actually, which I didn't hate. Um, like she has met Lanfear. She's met Grendel. She's met Bilal, which sounded absolutely fucking terrifying. And Ishmael, who like mm-hmm. originally found her and put her at the head of the Black Aja. And um, and she's noting as she's thinking about all of this that Masana is the only one who has like disguised herself and disguised her power, mm-hmm. which 
you know, leads Alvier into the correct conclusion that that means that she's somebody Alvier might know. Yeah. So she has to, she can't tell who it is by the like feeling of how strong she is. And she can't tell who it is by the face or the voice, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alvarian's like desperate to figure it out. And then we get this clue because Masana is like, you know, thinking about the foretelling and like tapping her lips. And Alvarian's like, who have I seen do that? And I was like, yeah, who have we seen do who that? Who have we seen do that? I don't, I do don't that. know the answer. <laughs> no. I couldn't look it up in the app. So. No. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pay hyper close right? attention. I was just going to say that feels like the kind of detail Ooh. you might catch. So. But now I don't, I don't want any more scenes in the White Tower. <laughs> It's a it's a catch twenty two right there. <laughs> oh, so funny. So then Alvarez is like, "Well, what if we killed her? <laughs> just just proposing. Just this is an interesting parallel too, actually, to something that happens later, mm. which I just thought of. Um, but yeah, very like maybe I don't know, maybe we I should just... just get rid of her. Yeah, and the son is like, absolutely not. We're not doing that." She's like, we still um, need her. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Masana basically has this whole like monologue of like that evil forsaken kind of like, oh, yeah, like talking to them like they're children, but mm-hmm. also behind everything is a threat and a promise. Yes. Yeah. And then uh we like there's this side note into she's Masana has been trying to push Alayda to send a big army against the Black Tower and it's not working. And then Alviren starts like thinking about the way that the Forsaken have meddled in the White Tower before this. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. And I used my app like four times to look up names. It's like, do I know who that is? Do I know who that is? is do we and, know one of the, that's so, the one from yes, the new spring? We do. It is exactly. Tamara, who is the yes. one who mm-hmm. uh, appeared to have died in her sleep. That is the Emerlin that Moiraine and, and Leanne. Suin, yeah. And Su- or, yeah, thank you, Suin, um, also were there for the prophecy, right? They were there for the prophecy. Yes. Um, and then uh, that Guitara made, mm-hmm. and Tamara was the Emerlin that they were upset about when she died. Yes. 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 And so, and then we get like these, um, you know, names of famous or infamous black sisters that Alvira knows, like this Jarna Malari, who did not Which appear in any of the it, other books. It's so funny that like there's this history to the black. It's like the Illuminati. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. Really, every right. time it comes up, someone's like, "No, you know what? It's it's like freaking Wayside School is falling down. <laughs> there is no thirteenth floor. <laughs> like, there is no Black Aja." Yeah, it's very, or as somebody said in the Discord, it's very Hydra, like in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Winter yeah, Soldiers yeah. slash Shield. It's like, it's oh, like so somebody... there's a Hydra. Everybody's Hydra. Surprise. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Every... <laughs> like, freedom. what? What? You're just walking really? by, someone like whispers it. Yeah, you're like, okay. So, Here, it's like, go Black Asha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, Billy. So, so Masana then basically tips her hand and is like, if you want to serve me, you can't serve any other forces. Yeah. Which Alvierne is like, oh shit, not a united front, which, you know, we've seen a we thousand know. million times. But this is the first Alvierne is understanding this. 
Um, and then she's like, yeah, totally. I'm with you. Uh-huh. Correct. <laughs> but the end of this, I was like, no. Yes. Because Masana teaches her how to make a gateway. And I am yes. so upset about Only it. Only bad things can happen. Only, Only bad, bad things. things can happen. It makes sense. It it gave, I I hate it. I hate yeah. it for our, our poor babies. I know. But it was too much of a... Uh, it was too strong for them to like be the only ones who had it. Right. It's too much of an advantage. It's too much of an advantage for, for just for a narrative purpose. Like he had to even the playing field a little bit and he gave it to the black Aja. He didn't give it to, um, Elena. Right. I, that only makes it worse as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I don't know, man. I think it'd be worse if Elena had it. I mean, it's bad either way. Like it's bad either way, but I enjoy the, I see the potential of the black Aja having it more than the like irritation of Elena. I understand you. I got it. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. Now freaking. And now Pedro Pedro Nile. God, it really is. I mean, I will say that he's like, in a weird way, the least hateful of these perspectives. In this specific prologue. In this yes. specific prologue. We obviously he's terrible. And usually is extremely annoying because yes. he, like Aleda, like yes. so he many of these other villains. To believe is information just that doesn't incorrect. Fit. Yeah. Right. He won't he won't acknowledge information that doesn't fit his worldview or his plans. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Um, but in any case, he and Morghese are playing like functionally chess, some game yeah. called Stones. Or it could be Go. It could be Go. Um, it could be Go. And he's like thinking all about like, oh, like she's so smart and crafty and like tough and she's a worthy opponent. Some, like, and, like weird again, like if I was younger. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's like not gross. It's not cool. Um, but yeah, like, and she's like so trying smart. to. Yeah, she's trying to play <laughs> him, and like you know, she wants to see Gallad, which is a weird request, honestly, for her to make because we saw her pretending not to care about Gallad in a previous. Yeah, Amador's, I feel like it's just a, sh- a shift now. I mean, it's it's this whole section. I think is just like. Well, I know, but she knows that right. I know, and I right. know that she knows that I know that I, mm. that she knows, and it's it's sort of like layers that don't end up mattering. Uh, right, a nothing burger. Fair enough, right? Because um, they have this whole conversation where she's like, "Could I see Gallad?" and he's like, "No, I don't think so. He's busy. he's very busy." Yeah, <laughs> um, and. I think literally that whole exchange for was for us to be able to see that Pedro Nile could read mm. or was trying to read her micro expressions. Right. Um, but it, nothing matters because then right. this like fake spy master yes. who we know is not the real spy master, mm-hmm. o- Omerna comes in and mm-hmm. Morghese is excused. Yeah, and so Omerna is like bearing this very important message. It's like got special markings. Um, but he's also like, Oh, by the way, I haven't found Elaine and Gowan yet. And Nyla's like, You interrupted me for that? Like what? he's like, No, 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 here's a cylinder for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also we find out basically everybody knows that Elaine is an Ibudar. Like Elena knows that Elaine is an like, Ibudar. Right. Pedro Nile knows that Elaine is an Ibudar. Like everybody knows where Elaine Weren't is. Weren't they supposed to be like secret? Yeah. Disguising themselves. Yes. Well, they are, 
but like I guess in the palace there they look like themselves which makes sense I guess I don't fucking know I don't know anyway uh so so also while Niall is like reading his secret message that we like memorably do not find out what it is um Omerna is like stammering stuff about that the white tower has broken and the black Aja has seized Tarvalon we have two references, both Aleda and this guy reference Tenobia leaving Saldea. Oh, yeah, everybody. Well, this is not new either. We've been like, Aleda's been wondering where the hell Tenobia is right? for like 14 books also. Everybody's know. very concerned with where remember. Tenobia is. But they also said, I have I have heard the Horn of Valyria. Isn't the horn in the White Tower? It's supposed to be. Oh, but didn't um, What's-His-Face steal it with the oh, dagger? Did, did he? Fade in vain. Yeah, yeah. Garbage man. Garbage man. <laughs> Did the garbage Mortis, man steal it? Whatever his name is. These whatever. Days. Uh, I think is he, he might with- have. He was in the last book, right? He was in Camelon. Yeah, he was. Wasn't that's he right. plotting against Rand and Camelon? Well, that sounds right. He knew he was. We knew he was in the palace in Camelon, but then Rand left Camelon mm-hmm. for Carehan. I don't, we didn't hear anything more mind. about that. I never mind. I don't care that okay. much. Okay. All guess. right. Anyway. <laughs> so uh and then there's like, you know, he's Omerna is actually giving him real information. Um, that like the Aes Sedai are talking with Randall Thor, mm-hmm. and you know, Niall is dismissing all of it. All he cares about is this message. Um, and then Omerna stabs him. Which is kind of funny. It is I, I mean, did not remember it. I will say I, I did not. I, I had no recollection. So I, I was like, oh. if I had been more ambitious, uh-huh. because what Niall, his dying words are, it seems one of your wilder fancies wasn't so wild after all, which is a direct reference to the last time we saw Omerna. And he was like giving quote unquote information. Well, that's the thing. He had all of these wacky Shoot. theories and I didn't go back and look because I didn't. But like it's one of those uh, one of the wacky theories that Omerna gives to Niall in that section where like mostly Niall is thinking about like how tiresome it is that he has to have this fake spy master. One of those things has been confirmed by one of Niall's other sources, but we don't know which one it is. Dang it. And the font is so small in the Lord of Chaos. <laughs> well, look, somebody can clue us into the page number. We'll look at it for next time. Because I don't remember. Yeah. So, I'd, again, <gasps> I I knew where to look. I just didn't. Um, <laughs> I had other shit going on for my, my defense. <laughs> it was just funny. <laughs> uh, okay. So then Omerna is like, you had to, you have to die. You let the witches sit there and sell. Yeah. He's, this is like a true believer. Yeah. Well, assassination. Well, no, no, no. So. From I should say from Omerna's perspective, mm-hmm. like he's been manipulated he's, into he, this. Yes, there's it no seems, doubt. It seems like yeah, from his POV, he is doing this because he is a true believer. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, and then Eamon Valda busts in, <sighs> and I had to look him up. I'm not gonna. Lie. I did. I yeah, I did like, look him up in the thing. I was like, I was like, your name is giving me anger, right, like an which... angry reaction, but I don't remember why. <laughs> Which insufferable white cloak are you? Like, I have trouble keeping them So he's straight. the one who, like, um, promoted Gowan. Yes. Gallad. No, Gallad. The other one. Uh, Gallad very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also, like, a very intense sort of, like. Zealot. They, yeah, they are all zealots and they all suck. 
Yeah. It's just the degrees to which they suck. Right. So he like, and he has a Heronmark blade, which is, I think, important. Didn't mm-hmm. he face off with Rand? I feel like he fought Rand at some point. Probably. Did they fight in during the film situation? Were they, were they in film together? They might have been. Anyway. I don't know that the app said any. We I, no, it's you're right. It didn't in the say it didn't compendium. say So that was a different Heron Mark Blade Master that Rand fought in film. Um, oh right, it was a Shanshan Blade Master, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> Valda comes like busting in as this is happening and like kills Omerna, which seems sus. Seems very sus. very suspect. I seems agree. Very suspect. And Niall is like trying to like clutch the piece of paper because he's like somebody has to know this information this is really important information and we find out it's a slip of paper from tanchico mm-hmm. so that means something Dang it. i'm so upset <laughs> that i didn't i don't know what page that this is i have the book right here but the font is so small and i can't see enough to skim it <laughs> damn okay it's gonna torment you for the rest it of this recording is. I almost want to pause and like try to find I it. I can really look quickly. it up in my ebook. Do you want okay. to? Yeah, let's pause for a second. So we looked it up, and my theory, Preeti does not like. I am furious. <laughs> I I might be wrong. If this is, I'm not mad about Jen's theory. I'm mad if Jen's theory turns out <laughs> to be true. I will be extremely angry about all of it so the chapter nine of lord of chaos which is called plans there's a whole section where niall is like giving us examples of why omerna is an idiot and all of them we know are either true or untrue and basically the only one that niall thinks is ridiculous that we know to be true is this line he maintained that the disaster at Falm and the troubles in Terabon and Arid Domain were the work of Archer Hawkwing's armies come back across the Aerith Ocean. There's so no other se- confirmation where, of the Shanchen. But there's no other section where Omerna might have said this something. This is the one that's the most memorable to me. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm so mad. But this is the one that makes the most sense to me. Could it could we take that to possibly mean one? I like I know the Sunshine have to come back. Obviously, I know they come back, but well, we like got us Shanshan POV at the end of last book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate this. You're Sunshine. so angry. I'm so upset. I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. That's what I think it is. I think you're right. It makes sense between the like epilogue of the last freaking book with that Sunshan and Matt Mm -hmm. and the reference to Falm and I don't know how Tanchico quite plays into it, but probably somebody else will tell us. Or I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. Okay. Yep. So, okay. So Niall is dead. So we switch POVs to Valda immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Niall gets like a whole paragraph to die. Oh, he does. He gets an extended (laughs) death scene. An extended death scene. It's very like, (laughs) (laughs) no, not dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I don't think it's actually that funny. What I think is how funny you think it is. I think I'm a little slap happy because I'm so angry about that friggin' 
Uh, okay. okay, sorry, Valda, so Valda, it's Valda, Valda, and then Asunawa also comes in immediately. Like a lot of people who randomly burst in on this death. Yeah, sequence. like and Asunawa, as we know, is a questioner, and Valda hates questioners. Yeah. Which same, but yeah, hard same. Uh, and the two of them are basically sparring now because there's a power gap. Mm-hmm. And the Asunawa is the high inquisitor. He's like, if you want to be Lord Captain Commander, like you're going to work with me and do what I say. And Valda's like, actually, if you want to stay high inquisitor, you're going to work with me. And Valda ends up winning out because his points make more sense because yeah. Asunawa, <laughs> like literally, Asunawa's like, give me more gaze. And Valda's like, that is the most short sighted bullshit that. thing I've ever heard in my life. Please mm-hmm. try it. Um, <laughs> And so Asanawa basically capitulates and is like, fine, as soon as you're done needing her, give me more gaze. Mm-hmm. Because Valda is like, well, we don't have Andor yet. Right. Once right. we have it, you can have her. He does allow that he will be allowed to ask her some questions. Examine her, but Examine not put her. to the question, which sounds very terrible either way. Yes. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of it. Yeah, oh, well, then Balwer comes in. Yeah, so Balwer, we know, is the true spy yes. master. But Sorry. I laughed really hard at Valda's opinion of Balwer. Oh, he hates him. He hates him. And he is like, I can't. I'm going to get a secretary who doesn't twitch. Like, he, like, yeah. they have no idea. No idea how important he is. Um, Which I sort of love. I, I do, do love. Because I do love. for once, it's giving, uh, it's like not annoying information. We know that they don't, but it is right. active information in the scene Yeah, that we get to see them act not out of stupidity, but out of ignorance. Yes. Like they literally do not they know do. the thing because right. the person died in front of them. Yeah. Right. The person who would have told them. And then we see that the paper that um this Niall had been, that Niall had been trying, like the important message, the it's very like, I gotta message. get it to Velda now, bitch. And it's been sitting in, in a wine. Of wine. <laughs> <laughs> last request denied <laughs> you're so funny <laughs> i hate pedro niall <laughs> sure do but do you hate gowan more because that's who our next uh, i actually you know what team gallad right now all the way <laughs> like gowan blows it's <laughs> horrible and not for nothing this pov it feels like a nothing burger it's post battle and he's basically just justifying his actions to himself. He's like, boy, I hope Egwene accepts the compromise that I made with my honor, that I would not raise a hand to either help or harm Rand when he was being tortured. Like, what? There's what? this, like, random battle that doesn't make sense. Like, he sees, there. he's, like, looking for younglings. He sees an Aes Sedai yeah. who yes. got away, which presumably is Galena. Oh, is that who that was? I, I, like, did not. I was guessing based on... Okay the what happens with the first chapter fair enough or maybe second but yeah, then yeah. there's this like aisle fight with the younglings and it's so funny though these battle sequences with the aisle where where jordan can't have them just win 
Right. He has to go through so many hoops to <laughs> warrant why the other side would possibly survive because, because he's, he's made them so deadly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, because <laughs> even with Gowan fighting them, where he's like, oh, the younglings had like learned how to fight the aisle, but like it still came down to luck because mm-hmm. the other guy just happened to stumble. <laughs> no, a horse bumped into him. Oh, a horse bumped into him. Sorry. But it was just, fu- it's so funny to me because I'm like, you can't kill Gowan. Right. Obviously. Right. So but how's also, he going to take on three like, aisle and win? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Gowan can't beat the aisle or why isn't he also the <laughs> dragon reborn? Right. Right. It is very, very funny. Oh, it is. So yeah, it's just a lot of, and like clearly there, I think, are we supposed to believe there's Shido who are like on their way away from the battle because they don't stay around to fight. Like they just like are passing through as it were. And, and my guess would be. My guess would be Shido because also Rand has given an order to let right uh, Gowan and them go. So yep, right. and now they it ends with him. Like I don't know why this is. Well, he's looking know. for the Aes Sedai, right? Yeah, that they just saw right. So he like they and the, when they get to where they saw the Aes Sedai go down or her horse go down, she's gone. So they're gonna try to track her. Yep. The end. The end. It's a weird POV. It is very weird. Uh, and also timeline-wise, yeah. very weird because we're all like pre-battle, 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 indeterminate time, Gowan after battle. Well, Savannah was mid-battle. Oh, Savannah was mid-battle. Excuse me. I forgot. Pre-battle. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. I think it actually does. I think the we prologue assume... works. The prologue works in the, in, if we take out of context, that it doesn't make sense at all. Yes. Right. <laughs> like if you remember that the prologue doesn't make sense at all. Right. It's an it's a neat little narrative trick. Right. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway. That's a that's a lesson and I want to do it cuz it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that the stuff that's happening in chapter 1 is what I thought I remembered about Doomhise Wells in the first place. So when okay. I was saying at the end of the last like right. season, I was like, well, the thing I thought happened didn't happen. I'm like, oh, it just happens in the first chapter of the next book for reasons I don't 100% understand, but like, okay, fine. Well, what is the thing? The thing is Rand searching for maidens in the like wreckage. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Uh, the, we'll, we'll get there. I think it. Okay. Okay. So um, we're in a parent POV, which is your other well, favorite thing. <laughs> first, we get the wind, and That's then we true. go we do get right into Perrin, and it's <laughs> mostly okay. It's mostly fine when he's not with File. He's yes. fine, and he's not thinking about File the entire time. We get a right. little bit of it, which yeah, is we like, get a little bit, whatever. Yeah. Um. But here, what's more interesting is he's reflecting on how awful the battle was, which we yes. know it was absolutely awful at how much yes. loss there was He's feeling guilty about the wolves there's this like uh two rivers festival that's supposed to be happening where mm-hmm. you think of the good things in your life so as to like allow for good things to continue yeah um and the irony is really burning him yeah and he's having this conversation with aram who by the way has become terrifying uh yeah so this is the parallel between aram and savannah that i thought of of oh. this notion of just like not savannah sorry um alvierin of like do we just kill her right. should we just kill them right that's interesting um 
yeah, so like Aram is there and he's complaining about the Gaishan that the Isle have taken because they don't have any white clothes to wear. So they're just running around naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aram's like, shouldn't they put some clothes on? I'm like, okay. Whatever. I mean, I did get a kick out of how Perrin finally figures out that the reason that the maidens keep sending Gaishan to the people who are, like, freaked out by them not having clothes on is because they think it's funny. Yes. And how, like, the the creepy dudes who are like, hey, naked ladies, like, don't get this treatment. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, so all I have to do is pretend to be fine that they're naked and they'll stop harassing me. And you're like, oh, buddy. But Penny oh, eventually buddy. dropped. <laughs> so we do we do find out that they had taken about 200 shido prisoners which with the amount of shido that are we also don't know how many died no a lot must have died with what the ashaman Ashaman. ended up doing it was like a meat grinder right yeah um we get a lot of like just back and forth between Perrin and, and Aram about the aisle, which is stuff mm-hmm. we all know. So I don't yeah. know why we have to hear it again. And mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of frustrating though, is that you could have an interesting moment here because Aram is an ex tinker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We right? know we that there's right. We could have had something there, oh. but we didn't. Missed opportunity. Aram, right. A missed opportunity. Um, Cause it's just Aram being a little weirdo. Well, this is, I mean, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but there's kind of not that much going on. Like, it's just parent observing how uneasy everything is. And there's all these different factions and all of them are like at each other's It's throats, basically like, a powder keg. Yeah, like, it's a powder keg. Explode, like, right? He's just waiting for fights to break out between all of these different factions. The warders of the captured Aes Sedai have been like trying to break out and it's all very complicated. And Aram is like, yeah, what if we just killed them? Because Rand is not deciding what to do about this. But yeah. The the part where, and so Perrin is like, we're not doing that. We're not killing any of them. I don't want to hear anything more about it. And Aram's like, fine. And then we get this sentence uh, or a pair of sentences. There's see, no the one that I've starred. Yeah. Go ahead. There, Perrin, because Perrin can smell emotion, I guess, is a thing. And so he's Oh, saying, this is not what I starred, but this oh, is scary. It's really scary. Perrin thinks there's no anger in the smell of him, no resentment. That was the worst of it. There had been no anger sent even when Aram suggested murder. And like basically Aram went from being a tinker, like a peace-loving pacifist, you know, person mm-hmm. to being like very good with a sword and very indiscriminate about violence and very attached to well, Perrin. And like I'm my note here is just trauma or sociopath like the fact I, like is he so deeply traumatized by the experiences that he went through that now he has no moral he's I don't like think burnt so. out or is he like actually a sociopath and we just, I don't think so I don't I don't think it's either one of those I think no? I think within the context of this section which it leads with Aram saying if the Lord Dragon cannot make the decision maybe it should be made by someone else to protect him right you have that then you have this horrifying thing that he says and Perrin being yeah. like what the fuck but yeah. then you have those two two rivers guy who's guys who suggest the same thing right but there ha- there are emotions attached to those things but the emotions are like hold on I have to go back and read it again because I don't remember I think well Paige just fell out of my book oh 
<laughs> and onto the ground. Oh no. <laughs> it's fine. Uh half the map is is on my desk now. Um I think that Jordan using those two framing devices within that, I think it's still meant to unsettle us because it unsettles Perrin. Mm-hmm. But I also think having those two Two Rivers people saying the same thing is to drive home the point, and I could be wrong, but how I read it was driving home the point of how dangerous this is to just leave these eyes to die as they are. Sure, but in like this strange that's, kind of stasis. But like, if you're zooming in on how Aram has no affect no, when I talking agree. about murder, like that's unsettling as shit. Like it's very strange. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, so because yes. he says no, no, no. But but parent says parent like parent shut out the rest because he says Jonan says better for us if they'd all died yesterday. We'll pay for that before it's done. Mark me. We'll pay. Mm-hmm. Perrin, shut out the rest. No easy task with his ears. First Aram, now Jondon and Todd, if not mm-hmm. so directly. Like, to me, that's him. It's, it's not the statement. I know. The but emotion. Perrin is minimizing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everything Jordan is doing is he gave us this moment of, like, intensity, but then immediately backtracked and minimized it. I don't think he's minimizing it. I think I he's, do. like, I think it's building the tension that Perrin is terrified that somebody is actually going to do this. Oh, yes, I agree. But, the, I mean, it's not about Aaron. Like, about Aaron specifically, I don't think it's him. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the idea is about Aram. I'm saying that the way that Aram is depicted as saying the idea makes him out to me to be a sociopath or like so traumatized that he has no feelings anymore but i don't think that was that jordan minimizing it immediately makes me feel like that was not the intention Mm -hmm. like i don't think i think that you could i think it's very easy to read it that way and it's absolutely like a valid reading of it but i think the surrounding text may doesn't necessarily like push that idea okay well i find aram absolutely fucking terrifying at this point yes so just to Agreed. put that on the record. Um, Agreed. And then Perrin like is thinking about like how you don't harm women, even if they are traitorous, horrible, abusive, Aes Sedai, like it's uh... nonsense about that. Um, and then we get more of him like smelling tensions and I, the there's a lot of the... there's a lot of that. I think the so only much reason, of it. So much literally of it. the only reason we're in Perrin's POV is because he can give us the emotional. Yeah. Um, standing of everybody yeah and like right. the ashaman are being very creepy i'm very i'm so anxious about the ashaman like oh i'm God. so Same. worried about them and i am worried about rand not doing what he needs to be doing with them the choices that rand makes concerning the ashaman in this section are like bad rand, what are you doing <laughs> i mean rand is gonna get so many passes from me right now but i am <laughs> So worried. You're for not him. wrong, but yeah, it's very concerning. So, yeah, so P- Perrin is basically just like this is all horrible. I mean, and- it's everybody hates everyone. Literally, yes. the Ashaman don't yes. trust the wise ones or the Aes Sedai because they mm-hmm. don't care. Right. Like the Isle don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. The like Mayaners, the Carrianans, the Tyrians, mm-hmm. like 
Are there the two rivers? I don't think there's Terrans, but there are two Sorry. rivers people. But oh, the two rivers, like no one mm-hmm. trusts anyone. And Perrin's like, some, something bad's about to happen. And he keeps thinking like, I should have gone with Ran. Right. And you're I like, should have gone with him. What is happening? Uh, so then he's like, somebody brings him his horse. And then we find Loyal, um, who is Loyal. like concerned about making notes for his book. I know. And also concerned about like the tensions in camp. Because he also is very sensitive to tensions. Well, he's like, um, there. there is a, a segment who is like, we should not be lo- like uh, locking the eyes to die up like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that chapter's done. There's not much happens. It's all yeah, basically not much ha- it's, like it's recap just... of like everybody hating everybody. Yeah. Uh, then we get to chapter two where Perrin is heading down to meet rand presumably um there are a lot of like it's like basically mass graves yeah for people he thinks a little bit how the aisle think about i've been singing this grieving song Mm -hmm. um that is like life is a dream death is the reality yeah it's very essentially And they find comfort in it and he doesn't understand that. I do appreciate like sort of these different perspectives on death. And we yes, have, you know, that classic two rivers like, oh, I don't really get it. It's weird. Right, right. I, I appreciated more how real and gross Jordan makes the app. Like there's nothing heroic about no, this battle nothing. aftermath. Like it's very like it wasn't heroic when it was happening. And it's not like you know celebrated now like Mm -hmm. it's there's like you know vultures and ravens and crows and it smells and it's disgusting everyone is like unsettled and worried and frightened and rand and like a uh entourage functionally Mm -hmm. are going through the dead finding maidens which is this is what i remembered about dumais wells is rand like memorizing the names of every maiden who died in the battle it's so brutal so we have this scene this like really awful visual where jordan has set up the the grossness of the whole scene and then perrin sees rand rand stood out in the tattered white shirt he had been wearing when the rescue came he's got Min with him mm-hmm. who is like tight at his side and we finally like it sucks but the connection Min and Rand is clearly is going to be so much of it rooted yeah. in this trauma that she yeah. was the only person there mm-hmm. with him going through it mm-hmm. I don't love it for nope. like their romantic relationship no, but you know trauma bonding is not actually like good no. relationship foundation Sorry. because clearly like he's keeping her very close at he's constantly mm-hmm. touching her like constantly mm-hmm. and, and she him yeah. and there is clearly like a comfort thing happening there yeah. um and so he's watching this he's watching rand sort of like walk through the bodies mm-hmm. and then kiruna nechiman one of the little tower eyes to die yes comes up to him Yes, Karuna, who took over the Saladar delegation yeah. to Rand, um, and Bera, who's the other one, who's the power mm-hmm. between them. So yeah, and um, yeah, they they are just basically like, what is going on down there? Um, and then Perrin is thinking about all the eyes to die. Like mm-hmm. he's thinking about Varen, he's thinking about Alana, he's thinking, and then he's thinking about how the Ashaman are like following the little tower eyes to die because they're not technically prisoners, but it's all very 
It's all and, very uncomfortable. And he refuses to tell, like, he knows exactly what Rand is doing, but he refuses yeah. to tell because he's a good friend. Yeah, because he's a good friend. Well, so he says, like, um, I don't know. Rand doesn't tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get this just horrifying oh, flashback, flashback where he, yeah. the night before, Perrin sort of, like, walks away from the wagons for a second to be by himself. And he finds Rand sitting on the ground, rocking back and forth, just thinking about how awful this was, right? Where he's mm-hmm. like losing it a little bit. He There were 151 maidens who died. And he's like, I promised them. Um, I have to keep my promises, but I have to keep my promise to myself, no matter how it hurts. Yeah. And, and he's also he just, arguing with Luz Theron, though, like yep. in, interspersed in there. It's brutal. And then he just goes through the names yeah. of everyone, like Isan of the Jarosept of the Chirin Isle. She died for me today. Oh, man. It's so hard. It's so my hard. My heart. Like, I can like, see why this was what I remember. Oh, God. I just feel so bad for him. No, it's terrible. Um, Because he says, like, parents stayed with him the whole time mm. to listen to Rand recite all 151 names at a voice like pain stretched to breaking. Listen and hope Rand was holding on to sanity. Yeah. Ugh. It was brutal. <laughs> It's it is really brutal, and then um, he, like has this you know sort of fight with Karuna about like mm-hmm. why aren't we killing the crows? Like they'll report to Murdral. He's like, there's no way we could kill them all. Like, do, isn't there hasn't there been enough killing? Um, and then and then he like goes in on her for changing the battle plan. I mean, fair. Yeah, yeah. He's like you were like, supposed I don't think he's to wrong. like stay where you were. Like you took people, people died because you changed the plan. And then she's like, "Well, I couldn't have used the power if we didn't change the plan." So, like, which is like fine. Don't tell that's me like, what to do. Yeah, that's a valid reason to make the choice. But the, the mm-hmm. problem Perrin has is like just doing it without consideration for all the other people who are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you bring that up ahead of time. You say like, if you leave right. us here, we can't fight. Right. Right. But if you take us with you, we can fight. Right. And parents not a dummy is like, you know, they also probably were thinking they could reach Rand first. Yeah. And, you know, that played into their decisions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and it gets pretty heated. But then yeah. um, Loyal comes over and interrupts, mm-hmm. presumably to also like save Parent a little bit because yeah. he's like, look, Rand is coming. Right. And then he's like, be careful. <laughs> Don't argue. With me. It's really cute. <laughs> and it was I did laugh a little bit because Loyal's like hey he's trying to like talk to Karuna <laughs> and they just leave and then Loyal's like Perrin you're so hasty with your tongue <laughs> of all the people yeah so then Perrin excuse me Rand and his entire entourage uh, come up to Perrin where Perrin is like well I'm really glad I didn't have to go down there to talk yeah to but him. he's He's noticing uh, some of the Ashaman, mm-hmm. right? Where we get some people by name. You have like, uh, Gedwin is angry. Um, mm-hmm. Like whatever obstruction. the uh, Because the Aes Sedai had clearly had some sort of like, presumably weave to stop eavesdropping. Yes, yes. Um, they dropped it. And then the Ashaman were like irritated about it. Mm-hmm. And parents like mm, not good, not good. Yeah, Tame <laughs> is like very like present in this also. Very present. So Rand shows back up with Min. Um, 
I did like this moment. Rand was strolling up the slope with Min on his arm, patting her hand and talking with her once he threw back his head and laughed and she ducked hers to do the same. Like they are clearly trauma bonding, mm-hmm. I feel like, because they, what are they supposed to do? Right. What else are they supposed to do? Yeah. Very understandable. Like no shade. Very right, totally understandable. legit response. Yeah. And then Tame is right there and the wise ones and the maidens and all of the other soldiers. Like it's a whole. It was a little funny because like um, you have, we do have this line where like they show up and then Tame shadowed Rand. But as Tame stepped inside, he glanced to Gedwin, who shook his head just a hair. A grimace flashed across Tame's face, gone as soon as it appeared. Mm-hmm. Like, we're clearly, like, Jordan is, like, hammering it home that these are Tame's Ashaman. Mm-hmm. They are not Rand's, mm-hmm. um, which we'll see even more of. There is this line that made me laugh, though. Where Perrin is like thinking about Sulin and Nandera mm-hmm. being right on Rand's heels. They hardly seem to let Rand bathe without maidens guarding the tub and that Perrin could see. He could not understand why Rand put up with it. I'm like, did you? Are we in the same place right now? Did we all not just see what happened when Rand was alone? Right. Like literally. Yeah. Right. Perrin? Right. Hmm. Weird, weird. Wondering uh, if like Rand should ever be alone again, honestly. Yeah, seems fair <laughs> not to have that happen. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the wise ones having a private conversation via having maiden sing around. I them, sort of cracked loved me that. up. Yeah. I loved it. it. Very entertaining. Jordan again has to do this thing where Perrin can't hear anybody, but mm-hmm. we also know Perrin's ears are like extremely yeah. good. Yes. So there has to be a reason every time he right. can't actually overhear what's going on, <laughs> which is kind of funny. He can still smell them though. Everybody he can. Smells. Everyone uh... has a lot of smelly emotions <laughs> so then karuna and bara come up to rand as soon as he's like back in the wagons and are basically like you need to let us heal you already and also we need to settle the matter of oh no that's the wise ones um the the wise ones are like also you need to like we need to sort out this eyes to die business and everybody's like talking over each other like tame is like yeah i it needs to be settled we'll handle it and the wise ones are like we'll handle it and karuna's like nobody's handling me at all like that's not a thing that's gonna happen yeah everyone's yelling i do have a question for you yes um, there's a few times in this section where this happened, where someone says an, an, a word, like in this point, it's Datsang, and I think earlier it was oh, yeah. the Siswa man or whatever, yes. and Perrin yes. has this thing that happens where he's like, Perrin thought that was something in the old tongue. Again, the word seemed almost something that he should recognize. That happens twice It does happen least. twice. It's very pointed. It's very It's marked. very pointed. It's very matte. Like, yeah, it's it is very, very rand. It's I very, was confused. Like, but why would parent like Matt? It's obviously we know why. Rand, obviously we know why. Why parent mm. is like, I didn't understand it at all. No, I think it's meant to be confusing. I think he's hinting at something that he's going to tell us later. Because it can't have anything to do with the wolves. They talk like totally differently. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Like they, he's very clear about wolves' language mm-hmm. being like when it's dapple, it's, it's not really dapple, yeah, right? Right. Like so, I don't. I I was just like, what? Yeah, it's it confusing. Felt, it feels like it comes out of nowhere, but I just wanted to. I mean, it, it won't be the first character trait that suddenly comes out of nowhere. That's a fair side point. note. <laughs> That's a fair point. Okay, it's a secret plan, Preeti. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Is Perrin a Mary Sue? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mary Sue discourse is back. Apparently, <laughs> there was some guy on Twitter who had like a whole thing about the exactly the women characters you would think of and like used Mary Sue unironically in the year 2022. <laughs> it's absurd. Cool story, uh, bro. So, yeah, parents and Mary Sue. <laughs> parents speaks old tongue now. Surprise. All the women want him. <laughs> scary part is you're not wrong i'm not wrong literally got women fighting over him (laughs) for reasons he doesn't understand he can smell and and hear everything he's so quiet and sometimes he's clumsy in front of his wife oh my god stop (laughs) his name is perrin ebony dimension (laughs) sorry 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 sorry. we're almost done oh god we're a little punchy. Uh, crying a little bit. So everybody's fighting over what's going to happen with the Aes Sedai. Yeah. And Rand yells at them. Yeah. Rand freaks out. Um, <laughs> is like, enough. And then we have this section about Tame, where it's yeah. like, Tame features went blank, though he smelled a fury. Mm-hmm. And you're like, <sighs> Yeah. Everyone else sort of like smells the way Perrin expected. Yeah. Because um, even... The Aes Sedai, who are pretending to be super calm, are like anxious, but like more than a little afraid, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, but Tame is the one who's like, <laughs> which every time we see Tame, there are hints of it happens. Fury. Somebody else is observing him, and his mm-hmm. reactions don't line up with what would make sense for them to be. No, so don't, it's very very scary. Still don't know what's going on with Tame. It's very stressful. I, I and Min. Is like, you know, trying to insert herself. Like she mm-hmm. like, you know, is trying to caution Rand about something. Um, we know that she's looking for visions. Yeah. And then Rand is like, the wise ones are gonna deal with the Aes Sedai. The prisoners. The the prisoner Aes Sedai. Is where it starts. He says yeah. the wise ones will take charge of the prisoners. Um, and he is and Tame is very mad. And yep. he's like, the Ashaman are supposed to train and recruit, not stand guard. And so, which actually makes sense. Like, that's legit. It's a legit point. Um, uh, and then he thinks about what he smells from Rand looking at Tame, which is mm-hmm. hatred, touch with fear, which we know. Yeah. Is, is how he Blue thinks Theron about Tame. smells happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Tame agrees. And then Karuna is like, no, no, like you will hand them over to me. And Rand is like, okay, did you promise? Did you kneel before me or not? Whew. Yeah, it's intense. And again, everyone's like, this is so awkward. It's so awkward. Because <laughs> like parents like, I still can't really believe that it happened. Right. It's bananas. <laughs> it's bananas. And then Ruark shows up. Excellent timing. Yep. And he's like, is this the right moment, Randall Thor? <laughs> like, obviously not. No, it's not. But uh... he did break the tension. So there's that. Yeah, so he said the Shido dogs are still fleeing east as far as they came. I, as far as they can run, I saw men with green coats on horses to the north, but they avoided us. So I think those are the younglings. Yeah, so it must and presumably, have been the so it was the Shido. Yeah. Um, I think they were hunting Aes Sedai who escaped. Uh, and this is like where we have Rand is like furious because Galena got away. Yeah, which is why I think it was Galena. That's you're probably right. You're probably right. 
Um, um, yeah, he's basically like, everyone's going to pay, <laughs> which like fair. I also want everyone to pay. Yes, 100%. Like if I had my way, we would get the catharsis of Rand getting to kill Galena on mm-hmm. the page so yeah. that we get to see it. <laughs> but Robert Jordan is not going to let us have that. So I know, at least not anytime soon. No. Um, And so we go back to the like, you swore fealty. I trust that. I said, I always know better than everyone, anybody else or so they think. So I trust you to do what I say, but you won't so much as take a bath without my permission or a wise one. Yeah. Oh boy. Woo. And they are not happy. Nope. They are not going to like that at all. And then Tame, like again, has a weird smell. Like he's making, like he's bored, but now Perrin is like, oh, he like, he thinks it's funny. Like now he's happier than he was. I just so, don't like this understand. somehow serves Tame's purpose. Goals. Yeah. Which I don't like Mazerm Tame, he believes Rand is the dragon. He does. He like, does. Like he believes. So what what is his what possible end? goal? To go against him. I mean, or to take listen, the Ashaman. I don't think this is, I don't remember. So all I'm doing is speculating here. He could be a dark friend who's got orders about what's supposed to happen. True. True. So there's that. He could no, have I his own not. like wacky goals to like deliver Rand to the last battle and dodge all of the prophecy stuff about, um, being the the actual dragon reborn and come out the other side with power like there's any number of things he might have planned and he's built a personal army supposedly for For rand but actually for himself to himself that's what's making me nervous yeah and i hope that it's i hope all of this is a red herring and that tame is doing it in rand's interest yeah because i like tame as a character he's really interesting character he's very interesting and i don't want him to just turn into like a cartoon villain i know i know um all right so uh there's some like anger back and forth between Mm. rand and the Aes Sedai um and she's sort of like karuna kind of is like okay fine but can we please heal you right and then everybody makes fun of rand (laughs) (laughs) which is a great moment which is funny the good break in the tension it is because it was very tense yeah and so Um, rand is like fine but not from you and he points to alana who is like behind him and off to the side without looking yeah and perrin's like how the fuck did he even know and he sees that like tame also was like um Uh, that's weird and then pam ran like holds Alana's face it's so uncomfortable it's, it's uncomfortable but it's I I'm I'm like of two minds about it because it's weird and uncomfortable but I also think it serves the purpose of making it weird and uncomfortable right like it, no I think it's deliberate right it's deliberate to make because she did something really heinous yes. to him mm-hmm. and Rand is reacting I think as he is able to react yes. being the person that he is and what he's just gone through. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. And Perrin oh. just doesn't know what's happening. No. And then Alana says to him, how do you stand the pain? And like, Oof. we know she's not talking about his more recent wounds. Yeah. No, she's like, she has to be talking about the wound in his side. Yes. Um, which is the Ugh. most Jesus-y side note. It's, it is yeah. the most Jesus-y. It's so Jesus-y. Um, <laughs> Jesus-esque. <laughs> and <laughs> um and Rand just doesn't answer. He just yeah. is like, okay, 
it's done and turns oh, away yeah. from her without any thanks or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, Perrin is very thrown by this. Yep. Uh, and so then Rand gives orders that like the wise ones are now going to take over the prisoners, the, the prisoner Aes Sedai from the Ashaman and delegate companions for his liege women, which cracked me up. I was like, yeah, was way funny. to use some game of houses. It's <laughs> like very well done. <laughs> Uh, and then, pretty smart. And then Cerulea, he tells Cerulea to do it, which is like genius, honestly. Yeah. And then, and then she says to the Aes Sedai, "Join your friends until I can find someone to hold your hands." It's, it's like, pretty good. Oh, it's amazing. It's pretty good. It's um, and then Perrin has this moment. Is like, well, hopefully the wise ones will be better <laughs> than the Ashaman, right? Uh, and so they walk off, and then Rand is like, "Hey, tame." Like, get the Ashaman out of here. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as you guys have exchanged uh, whatever, don't forget, like, remember to keep an eye out for anyone who learns too fast and remember what I said about recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tam's like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, and you then, need an honor guard. Right, exactly. He's like, you need more Ashaman around you. And he's like, oh, I've already, like, I've, I've, I'm keeping a few and Tame is like, you're not keeping enough. And then they have this like face down. And then Tame is like, you haven't chosen. He says Ashaman and Perrin's like, I don't understand, but he means one of the ones who are more well, advanced in their training. Yeah. And we get a little bit of this, the loose Theron um, Rand scent mix up thing yes. right before that, because yes. what Perrin smells is razor sharp rage abruptly vanished in curiosity and caution mm-hmm. one then in probing the other fog like and then slashing murderous fury consumed both so like we're seeing loose theron overwhelming rand's mm-hmm. perspective pretty heavily yeah it's not a good and then-, and then it was just like stony determination right yeah yeah. So so then Rand is like, fine, I will take that guy. <laughs> who this was fun. Clearly, no, I don't think this is fun. I think this is terrifying. I think it's very clear that something horrible is gonna happen. Oh, with for sure. This guy in particular 100%. does Shiva, who is like from a farm and is like a sort of a space cadet, like always off in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And they're not sure if he's just daydreaming or if he's already started to lose the battle against Satan. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. There's a lot of tension building. There's a lot of like what Robert Jordan is so good at, which yeah. is like making us anxious and making us tense by dropping yes. these little hints that we mm-hmm. know or I don't, I actually shouldn't say we know. No, we think. We <laughs> hope will build into something. Mm-hmm. But the but we don't know what, and we right. feel like it will be bad. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. There's no it's doubt gonna it's be gonna be bad. terrible. Um, <sighs> yeah, and so Tame kind of pushes back a little bit, and Rand's like, "Nope, this is <laughs> this is who I want." And so, what if you think about what we were just talking about with Tame? Like, what are his goals? We don't know. He like clear. He has specific Ashaman in mind that he wants to leave yeah. behind. That Rand is refusing. So, like on the one hand, like canny decision by rand not to like let tame hand pick his guard because we don't know what tame's motives are and rand is suspicious of him rightly however he's also just like 
he's not thoughtfully picking no he's reacting it's what yeah. what parent says right it's right. um Ray tames opposition swept away Rand's uncertainty right right so Rand right. isn't thinking it through he's no. reacting but again like he's in such post-traumatic situation yes. right now it's very bad like yes. his choices are terrible understandably understandably Whew, and he's actually not making the worst choices like putting no. the of the ICDI is genius he's doing he's he's acting he's actually like handling everything remarkably well yeah given that he spent two weeks inside of a box Ooh, getting beaten every night yeah um and that and he's literally got another person inside of his inside head. of his head yelling at control. him yeah oh um so yeah so he gets all those people um everyone comes running and Perrin hasn't hasn't had a chance to say what he wanted to say he's just sort of been observing the whole time which he acknowledges yeah. and again i think the reason we're in parents head is because we could get all of yes. the like smell stuff right to build some of that tension i don't mm -hmm. think there's any other reason no i think um and then we get a little bit of like the other people like from like um Kerhianen and Miners are like so is is he okay like yeah. trying to talk around the issue and parents like He's sane. Right. He says, as he's like, hope I'm not lying about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Um, and then he has this conversation with the two rivers folks about the Ashaman and the Aes Sedai. And he's like, just don't worry about it. Do what I told you. Get ready to go. The end. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the Tame and the Ashaman do go, with the exception of the nine. I that yep. might, number might be significant. Nine plus, no, no, it's nine total, including Dashiva. It seems like, yeah, um, um half old, half young. It right, seems right, like based on what what the numbers are. Yeah. Uh, Perrin did overhear, obviously, Tame's warning about Dashiva, and so mm -hmm. he's just like, super hope that guy's just daydreaming. <laughs> right. And then he goes and finds Rand mm -hmm. sitting on a crate with Sulian and Andera and uh, Min sitting right next to him on the ground. Because, of mm -hmm. course, she would be so, why wouldn't she sit at the same height? Let her right. sit on the ground. No, yeah. She always has to be, like, on his knee or, like, on the ground or some so subservient weird. positioning. It's very annoying. Uh, he starts to tell rand all of the things and he thinks this thought that i was confused about um he doesn't tell rand that it's because he smelled it he says yeah. rand doesn't know about him in the right? world so i like are you what same i was like true. why one why you're right two i think that's wrong i think rand does know but does, does parents think that rand doesn't know does like, i feel like does does rand know well i i parent thinks he doesn't and I don't I, know if we're meant to believe that this is just Perrin's thought or if this is actual fact. I think Rand has suspicions. Right. That something. Yeah, is going on. Is going on with Perrin, but I don't think I he feel knows like, what. I feel like I remember Rand POV being like, well, if Perrin was, doesn't want to talk about it, I'm not going to make him. But yeah. Like, what, Though that also, is, that does sound familiar. Why is Perrin still keeping this secret of all things? I don't know. It's That's very nonsense. weird. Because it's not like the Matt secret. Right. Like the Matt, the Matt secret is another one that Matt is holding onto the secret, but we've actively watched him hold on to yes. it. And actively seen Rand being like, 
I know something <laughs> right. happened. <though. laughs> right. I guess we, it has been a while since we've seen Perrin and yes. Rand together. So yes. maybe it's just like yeah. a, a beat to reset us. I guess so. But it is wild. That's I also was bananas. like bananas. I highlighted it and I was like, are you sure? Um, so anyway, so he's telling him all this stuff under the guise of like, this is just what I've seen. Um, yeah. And uh, and he tells them like, they're thinking about killing the Aes Sedai and Rand is like oh well you think that would be like is that actually so much worse and so then Perrin and like Rand are like having a stare down I did like like, this moment being ridiculous like I loved Min being like you know what is happening like Rand you'll never give an order Perrin you know he won't like stop acting like idiots essentially yeah like that's like the actual Min in yes somewhere you get like split second real men right and then we get rand being actually like honest and vulnerable like either yeah. way like they are a huge problem for me um i mean it's hard because we do get these beats of rand being very very honest with mm-hmm, Perrin mm-hmm. and Perrin not yeah being the person he needs to be right then right, right? right. because Perrin, i'm sure at some point will be like well they can't die because they're women Right. And then we get this very odd beat of like Min explaining right? her like history of hiding. It's so sorry. I knocked my, <laughs> I got like, so like, cause I, I agree 100% and I knocked my pop shield out of the way. Uh, it's very strange. Like, cause Rand is like, oh, Min, do you see anything? And Perrin is like, oh my God, like, you're saying that where people can hear like her visions are a it's secret so weird and then she gives this whole speech about like how none of the aisle care even though other people used to think she was a dark friend it's like this whole long like monologue that ends with and all those so by the way no i can't see anything it's too blurry like there's too many images like i don't know if that was supposed to be like Perrin, this is a safe space you can well, say whatever you want i do feel like it was meant to be a direct contrast to Perrin hiding but it was a very strange way to do it because then it doesn't do anything no it doesn't no like it basically like then there is like some can do things others cannot like okay (laughs) right um so yeah it's just the same stuff that we always know did we know though that like it's blurry when people hold the power no, I didn't know that. That was new information. That's new, right? That's okay. Because I was like, she gave a lot of viewings at yeah. Carvalin. She sure so. did. She sure did. Okay. Um, it was weird. But Rand's like, no, it's fine. Although he did this thing where she's like, she was like, it's even muddier with the prisoners. And he's like, never mind the prisoners. That's what they're that's what they'll stay. And I'm like, Rand, that's a lot of it's a lot of belief in something yeah and when... she's like but there's something important you need to know and he's like i just can't know everything all the time we i mean just he's have to right he is right right he's right he's right yeah. he's like there's no way i can know everything i just oh. have to do what i can with what i have and then this oh, beat God. with loyal made me so uncomfortable because it's meant to be like well-meaning but loyal is like rand i need you to tell me about being tortured while it's still fresh i know and you're just like oh my god really like i don't think of loyal would be that clueless or no, I agree. Like, there's no way. Like, he could have done it in a way where Loyal is like, hey, when we get back to Carhian, and yes. I'd, I'd like to sit and talk with you about this. Right. But instead, he's like, you promised you'd tell me about it. Can we do it now? And then Rand has fresh? to be like, how about when we get Ooh. back and I have, like, taken a bath and slept oh, in a bed? 
it's so weird so off it's such a really off moment and then Rand asks Dashiva if he can make a gateway and Rand and Dashiva's like obviously like that's what the Mahal teaches uh, us first oh I was like no oh, no 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 Rand is like who's the Mahal turns out Mazerm Time's title it means leader in the old Lord, tongue Lord Lord Mazram sorry Tame. sorry he did, Lord Mazerm Time's title is, I think this is the first time we've heard someone say that yes yes Yep. And it means oh. leader in the old tongue. I don't like it. Nope. And Rand's just like the male. Hmm. Well, be that as that may. <laughs> right. Like he clearly doesn't like it either, but. Oh, like and, and then we get this is. like, yeah, it ends with him laughing, but he laughed then in a rueful way, but the sound of it made parents skin prickle. Oh, Rand is always laughing unsettlingly. Though. He That's is. Like He's his... always laughing unsettlingly. And but smoking this, I a thought, pipe. Like these and smoking a pipe. character like, traits at this point. 60 years old. Yeah. God, that was a really stressful section. Oh, it really was. It's not. Um, not all right. Where time. are we? I lost my window. Oh, right. It's me. Things. So, here we go. <laughs> here we are. We're back. <laughs> Back, hopefully back on track you can keep an eye out for episodes every other wednesday um follow along on some social media platform who knows where we are these days like <laughs> down twitter is a disaster like whatever um but anyway sometimes we'll post with the hashtag tarvalin or bust uh the next episode which will not be on december 7th i didn't update no december part. 21st thank you december 21st we will be just. Oh, we're going to be ambitious. We're going to we're going to talk about chapters three through nine because it's only hundred and twenty some pages yeah. because these chapters are short. Yeah, um, it looks like chapters are on twenty twenty five pages ish. That yeah, doesn't, that math doesn't make sense, but that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, chapters three through nine, and a big thank you to Brian Dunn our fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at BrianDunnMusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, oh my gosh, side note, people were tweeting about their Spotify rap. Oh yeah. And that we were in their like top five podcasts. And I just, my heart grew like 14 sizes, y'all. Thank you so much. It's really sweet. <laughs> it is really cute. And we also did get some reviews. Oh, did actually. we? I feel like I looked the other night just because I couldn't sleep. And mm. so this is what I do. <laughs> so you look at your podcast Because <laughs> I, I listen, when I go to sleep, I listen to a podcast. Oh. I listen to Sleepy. Okay. Because it's this man who just tells like um, public domain stories oh, in a very like low voice. Mm. And so I like wasn't sleeping though. So I was like, oh, what's happening here? Um, so we got one in October. And one in November. Clearly, we don't look at these. Like I didn't look at this more often than that. But we do enjoy them. Yeah, it's more that I like. If I look too often, I know yeah. nothing's going to no, change. No. Yeah. So in, in October from Macrina MM, we heard this podcast is like the Wheel of Time book club. It would be impossible for me to rope my friends into. <laughs> Same though. I have yeah. one friend who said yes. That's right here, I am. <laughs> uh, and then. Rugs or Krugs, I'm making assumptions on in November. 
wrote, Light, this is good. Like a lot of people, I started reading the series after seeing the first season of the show. At first, I was way behind in my reading, but the books are so good. I'm now about three books ahead. Oops. Oh, God. <laughs> Even so, I look forward to every episode with Jed and Preeti. Thank you. They pick up on things I miss and give me a better understanding of the Jordan universe as a first-time reader. I also appreciate the commentary on some of the more dot, dot, dot problematic themes in the books. <laughs> now, if only they would quit their jobs and do this full-time so I could have more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> listen the day i become independently wealthy i know right we will the finish minute. this podcast so fast the minute i get an anonymous benefactor that's right <laughs> i should have like saved some guy from drowning when i was a uh, yeah, child and only. then right it would oh, be you know without the stuff that comes after I just the just money gonna say. just the money Dickens, no miss have a shame and well for pip I want it to end after I get the money, period. (laughs) So yeah, if you you leave us a review, we might talk about it on air. We definitely will. Um, And it does (laughs) help other people to find the show. We super appreciate it. Uh, All right. So you can find us other places. Social media is very in flux right now. I have a Hive account, but it's down. I mean, the whole Hive is down. But you can find me there and on Tumblr and Twitter for the time being as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L. I'm on Instagram as I am Jen IRL and I'm on SFF Yeah for Book Riot. Um, you can find me on all social media at run with skizzers. And when I say all, I mean all because I have a brand and it's talking about stuff on the internet. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Twitter, Tumblr has fa- faced a recent resurgence thanks yes. to their wonderful advertising around the Twitter fiasco. <laughs> um, and so posting more frequently there again. Um, and then you can find me on Daisy Geek Girls, where we are recording an episode this week about Andor which is so good. That's what everybody's saying. So good. Um, And uh, you can read my books, which you can find on my website. Read all of her books. You can read all of my books. <laughs> um, oh, yes. You can also find us uh, on patreon.com slash Tarval. What is the name of our show? <laughs> patreon.com slash Tarval and or bust. And a huge thank you to our patrons. Druidus Cleodna. Ross J, Kathy, Stevani, Joseph E, Johanna R, Christina M, Lizzie R, Kate G, Erica, Kat, Ariel, Holly B, Elizabeth M, Ryan M, Zach H, Eleanor, Justin H, Fred, Robin, Lisa D, Ian Z, Jordan Z, Greg G, Saga N, Josh S. Robert J, Ben P, G Todd, RD, P Footy, Ross P, Tobin T, Megan, David N, Ariel B, Amy A, Michael, Linnea M, Lindsay W, Julie, Danielle G, Dan B, John A, Clara H, Carly, Brendan O, Mary, Akil A, Caroline P, Joe E, James K, Mathis, Joseph S, Ryan M, Sarah R, Helen D, Joshua M, Michael D, M. Letham, Janae H, 
Jennifer P, Christina G, Chaitali S, Charlie E, Arcade, Stephen S, James, Ruth A, Jetlag Jessica, Mandarb the girl, not the horse, David U, Amy R, Meridim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirius G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, Brian D. This episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. Bye. Bye.